Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Hey, hey, hey. Today, we got an interesting one. We're going to talk to Will about Will. We're going to get the deep down dirty to what makes Will, Will. Obviously, Building Scale, we've been doing this. We're interviewing these AEC companies. We're getting tons of amazing information, but we want to know who's behind the other side of the mic. So today we're going to talk about Will and who he is, what he does, what brings his passions, what's his superpower, what's the thing that makes Will tick and talk. So to kick it off, just like we do every episode, Will, what is the backstory? What's your origin story? What's the thing that makes Will Will from the beginning? So it actually started a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. No, just kidding. My dad had started a computer business back when building your own computers was actually profitable. Uh, and at that time, computers were $10,000 machines, and that was a normal computer. And so I think the first real computer that we had uh, was like a Pentium. And it was, I'm really starting to date myself here. And I think we had some Texas instrument that we plugged into the TV. So instead of you know getting all those console games, I was on the Texas instrument. So... Late nights, we were playing the early games of Doom and Wolfenstein. And of course, my mom did not like that, but I liked it very much. And then later on, kind of fast forward, if, you know, elementary school all the way through to high school, instead of buying my own first car, you know, and getting my license at 16, at 16, I bought all the computer parts and, bought, and built my first computer. And I had to hide it. Uh, underneath the uh, underneath the bed because I didn't know if my parents would approve. So I spent, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. I mean, like an entire summer and a half's worth of uh, uh, worth of savings in order to, you know, build my own first computer. And I mean, the rest is kind of history when it comes to computers. I was hooked. School, I went and was part of the guinea pig classes where uh, they were giving college level courses for computers. So I got, I took Cisco CCNA. Thank you for whoever suggested that. And, you know, it allowed me to get, you know, even get first time jobs like working with uh, Chicago public schools and doing the deployments for when they did their massive upgrade programs. I was one of those contractors. So fast forward a bit more. I went to uh, what they call UCLA, University closest to Lambert Avenue, College of Dreams, COD. That's College of DuPage. But I failed or withdrew from all of my classes within the first year and uh, didn't really have the motivation. Instead, I was playing too many computer games. So decided probably not, not the right thing for me at the time. Moved around a little bit and uh, I knew that I'd eventually kind of get my mojo back uh, to get into school. I knew I needed to get it done, but it just wasn't the right time. So I went into the workforce. Uh, I think one of my early jobs was I opened up the Fry's Electronics, sad to hear, but they just announced that they closed. So I opened it and they closed the entire company. So that was like 20 years ago now. And then 
after that, moved around to DeKalb, thought I was going to go to, I think it was Northern and that, or was it Northwestern? Yeah, Northwestern. And then instead, uh, shipped myself back into Chicago and rejoined uh, College of DuPage to the two plus two program. Uh, got myself into IIT, Illinois Technology, really started to get my you know groove on and really started to focus. And so I was working full-time and going to school full-time with a full course load of 13, like the highest one that I had was 15 credit hours in one semester. So, and I was working uh, for like trading shops, trading environments at the time. And that's really where uh, I went to the school hard knocks over there. Uh, I don't think I had a life for a good two years working. I mean, it was on a constant Monday through Friday, go to school in the mornings, uh, start up second shift, uh, went, you know, took the train downtown, uh, went to breakwater trading, and then I wouldn't leave until probably 10 o'clock at night and then do it all over again, study on the weekends, study a little bit during lunch. And that's how I eventually got my degree, but kind of joked. I was doing the degree for the job I already had because I was in IT. I was doing IT support for trading firms. And really from there, I, I worked with a few trade shops. So I got to see what bleeding edge was uh, for technology. Fast forward a little bit more. I got to do some consulting, went around, traveled around the country, doing really large scale deployments uh, for like when Windows XP and Windows 7 was coming out. So I get to essentially kind of help design, architect and make sure that those type of rollouts worked for hundreds and thousands of computers. And don't forget to, you know, ask me about that one time, what my biggest fail was, because it's actually part of how our company works today from that one failing. But, and then my last job, my last job before really starting spot migration was working at Walgreens. Uh, and I was one of a very small team of a couple people that did the architecting and engineering of 30,000 computers and 700 locations and getting them from Windows XP to Windows 7. So scale was like something that I kept on learning, 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 uh, and bigger, 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 uh, to the point where we were, I was doing it for enterprise, you know, fortune 50 companies. So that's, that's my a lot. That is background. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So Obviously, building scale is literally about how do you make scalability work, specifically in the AEC industry. So hitting those bigger, you know, consulting companies, deployment, all those things, I mean, that, I mean, would that position you to, <laughs> to be somebody that knows what they're talking about when it comes to scalability? Uh, I would say, yeah, uh, just imagine that's like saying Ford or GM talking to them and saying, hey, make uh, hundreds and thousands of cars, but only do it with two people, right? Uh, the concept is the same. It's a massive amount of work. How do you do it so that you have less less people and you know, it's not gonna take for, uh, forever, right? So that last deployment took a year uh, from beginning to end. And you know, I don't know, outside of manufacturing facilities uh, and the amount of automation that they have now, just my brain thinks in terms of frameworks and in terms of scale. So little tweaks that you can do uh, can sometimes represent really, really big results and they're consistent. Unlike people, even I'm not, you know, consistent. I, I mean, so trying to remove kind of the human elements out of it because mistakes happen, you get tired, you know, having a bad day, 
stuff happens. And uh, I realized that the only way was through automation uh, in order to get to those bigger and bigger scales. So it did prep me in understanding how the world works in a very unique way uh, and being able to see what bleeding edge technology means and what less than bleeding edge technology means and how that actually affects scale. I got to see everything from small companies to very large companies. I worked at Citadel, Nuveen Investments, MF Global, Walgreens, even the Tribune for a short stint. So I got to see everything from small to big, biotech startups, uh, and then working consulting with schools, uh, even the FDIC, like I got to do all of that. That's awesome. So of all these talents that come with all those working, what would you consider your superpower, Will? What is the thing? What is the thing that brings you the most strength? Solving massively complex puzzles. More complex it is, the bigger the challenge, but it also is exciting. There's only a very small pool of people that can actually solve those puzzles. I mean, yeah, it's another aspect of my childhood. All those little puzzles with like, you know, uh, I forget what they call them, but where you've got like two wires or, you know, where you got to kind of pull them apart or you've got a Rubik's cube or anything like that. Those, those type of mind game type of puzzles. I was able to solve those really fast. Uh, my mom introduced me to uh, the Lego Technic sets and every Christmas. That's pretty much the only thing that I wanted. So of course I'm supposed to go to bed, uh, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I opened that present, well, what happened is I closed my eyes, waited until there were, my parents weren't stirring. And then I'd stay up until about four o'clock in the morning building the stupid Lego Technic set. And then by the time they, by the time they woke up, I had it like half built. Right. So they're like, well, at least kept the, kept the kid, you know, occupied for two days. <laughs> well, at least we know he likes it. That's for sure. Oh man. So we've done a bunch of episodes already. What is the best thing that you found in the podcast so far? Finding the human elements that I didn't, you know, they're not talked about, but they're very real. There's one person that I'm thinking of uh, who, and I, I don't want to give too much because I want him, I want you to listen to the episode because honest to God, I cried. It is a term that he coined uh, for what most people would say is either a disease or really mental aspects that aren't really being talked about or when they are talked about, they're talked about in a negative light. And realizing that the reason why we're successful and the reason why he's successful in the construction industry is because he's using the positive effects of these mental, what, and they're really not disorders. There's just a different way of thinking in order to make it his superpower. And in order to be able to, so in order to be able to really understand the world around him, and I really related to that because he used that superpower to really help build his company. And I've been doing the same thing all along. I have ADHD. I have to manage it on a daily basis. My team knows that. So they understand kind of how I work. I sometimes have shiny object syndrome, but I also give my, uh, give my people you know, the ability to shut me down because it happens, right? We live with that. But on the flip side, the ideas that come from it by being able to connect connect the dots in ways that no one else does helps really companies grow. So I have a zillion of these ideas on a daily basis. And it also brought to light something else, which is uh, the mental health aspects like burnout. I'm not the only one that's had to deal with it in the past year. And what it really takes to make sure that 
what we're doing uh, as a company, as well as, you know, the industry, the industry has, you know, and when I say industry, I'm talking about AEC in general, there's a lot of mental health issues there, everything from suicide all the way to, you know, burnout to overworking, you know, all these aspects are there. And I found those super, super relatable. The other surprising part, part that I really kind of related to from the podcast that I thought it was super awesome is the different ways that uh, people made their companies successful. And they're so unique. Uh, I would have never thought applying certain concepts from a different industry into AEC would be so successful, but it totally makes sense. It's just, they brought someone from manufacturing into construction and all of a sudden they're applying those same principles in there. And of course they have, have success. So uh, the different processes that, and where people come from, where they started the company and sales processes, like when you really take out the product, the service, all the problems are the same. Just people attack them in different ways. So really, really cool to see um, how people have, you know, made, you know, their company successful uh, through leadership managing and, you know, even hearing the failures and people being vulnerable around the failures that they've had and what they've learned from those lessons. Now, uh, final thought, what's the future of building scale? So building scale, I think started out as an idea where we could kind of talk to people and see what their businesses are about, but we've already talked to a bunch of uh, leaders. And I think that we're going to find, my hope is that uh, as we bring on more and more successful uh, leaders and companies, um, that that knowledge is shared because the next level of entrepreneurs that come in, you know, there's going to be, they have even bigger hurdles to, uh, to get through. So for them, not, I mean, we call it the entrepreneurial tax, but you know, sometimes the stupid tax, you know, and these are just uh, $10,000, a uh, million dollars, like uh, that costs so much money. Right. And for us as society to be able to nurture entrepreneurs, because there is such a high failure rate uh, when it comes to companies. So to be able to nurture that, to grow that, and for them to have a support system. I mean, I think anyone that's successful owes it to uh, kind of pass it forward to the next set of entrepreneurs. If you're looking at retirement, mentor. This is my way of being able to share those stories and to be able to share that knowledge in a mass scale and to pay it forward to the entrepreneurs that are still up and coming, that are probably still even in school and elementary school. I hope that they hear it. I uh, very excited that that vision tingling. That's what that is. Um, so uh, thank you, Will, for answering these questions here. And hopefully people have learned a little bit more about you. Again, this is Will Ferret, president of Spot Migration and host of the podcast Building Scale. Thanks, Justin. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. If this episode did help you, then be sure to share it with someone else who needs to hear it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or looking for additional help on your journey to find more wealth, scale, and freedom in your AEC company, visit our AEC resources page at spotmigration.com backslash AEC hyphen resources. resources.